Merkel Media. You think that I'm running in place? Y'all really testing my patience. Right before I blow up the spot, I had to get back to the basics. What if my talent is wasted? You see what I'm lacking to place me? Since I rap in the basement But my come up is legend, is greatness I don't care now, it's pedal to the metal I can never quit now, I will never settle Puppet to the game, I'm pulling strings like to pedal We in the same game, but I'm on a different level I passed it, gotta keep grinding till I'm laid up in the casket No fake round, but you feeling too plastic Yeah, y'all feeling too plastic They say my style crazy, but then it's straight jacket Whoa. Why you still testing my patience? Trying to turn me into something I ain't trying to be All the haters in heavy rotation You gon' lose yourself, quit testing me Don't make me lose my mind Don't make me lose my mind Don't make me lose my mind Cause I'm looking like Wesley, test me Don't make me lose my mind Don't make me lose my mind Run it back, nation. What is good? It is I, DJs. Would run it back, Philly. No frauds, no fanboys, no intros. That was not an intro. I see you in the chat. That was not an intro. If you think that was an intro, you are the fraud. All right. Uh, Algo gang, I need you to continue to do your thing on the streams and the videos. Uh, it's the only way to push the content through the YouTube algorithm. I now run two separate YouTube channels, Run It Back Philly and Run It Back Birds. If you want all the Eagles content, that is on Run It Back Birds. Make sure you subscribe to that if you want the Eagles content. Uh, and for you, it's free. All we ask as YouTube content creators, podcast hosts, whatever, is for you to hit the little thumbs up. It's a like button. It's all we ask. It goes a long way. It does a lot for the channel, for the business, for everything. And be active in the chat. If you're watching this on replay, leave a comment. Put your favorite emoji in there. Whatever. It doesn't matter. It's all for the algo. Speaking of podcasts, we are on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and every other podcast platform in beautiful mastered audio. If you want to listen to these episodes, uh, you know, while you're mowing the grass, doing the dishes, or you just don't want to hear your wife anymore, you want to put in your AirPods, and hear DJ Eastwood scream about the Philadelphia 76ers or the fact that Jalen Hurts hurt his shoulder because of the Philadelphia Eagles coaching staff. Catch the podcast on Apple Podcasts. And go leave me a review, man. That's how you rank up podcasts on Apple's algorithm. The more reviews, the better. All right? Let's get down to business. Lucha Produce, I see you in the chat. Uh, the Philadelphia 76ers beat the Toronto Raptors 104 to 101 in overtime. An overtime game for the Philadelphia 76ers on a Monday night in December. Uh, and that's relatively annoying. That is uh, that is relatively annoying. It's it's mostly annoying because they should have won the game in regular time. Um, there was two final possessions that I absolutely hated. And the last one at the end of the fourth quarter with six seconds left, uh, you know, you get it to Joel Embiid who has to create something out of nothing. Like it's consistent with this team that nobody can draw up a play. It's consistent. I just don't get it. How do you not have a play drawn up 
to get Joel Embiid in a better position than 40 feet away from the rim with six seconds on the shot clock. He's a center. He's a very skilled center. He's one of, I know people get mad when I say he's the most skilled center of all time. He's one of the most skilled centers of all time. I don't think anybody can argue that. But he's not a shot creator. He's not a guy that should be catching the ball 40 feet away from the basket with six seconds on the clock. And he shoots a step back jumper. He's made those before. It doesn't mean that's the play you should be going to. You understand what I'm saying? Anyway, where do we want to start with this game? It's the Toronto Raptors. You know the history of the Toronto Raptors and the Philadelphia 76ers. As of late, the past couple of years, I'll say, recent history, um, is that uh, you know the Toronto Raptors and Nick Nurse play great defense against Joel Embiid and the Philadelphia 76ers. Now, in recent past, the Sixers, playoffs, etc., have not necessarily had the greatest supporting cast around Joel Embiid. And while I don't think this supporting cast is absolutely perfect, I don't think any team in the NBA is perfect. Uh, This supporting cast is much better than supporting cast that he's had in the past couple of years. You talk about P.J. Tucker fighting on on Siakam throughout the course of the game and, and mainly the fourth quarter and overtime. Uh, you talk about the addition of the Anthony Melton, Mr. Do Everything coming up huge on a couple of plays toward the end of the game. You talk about James Harden being back in shape and being, you know, the the James Harden that we all know. And yeah, did James Harden struggle in the game? Sure. Uh, but this supporting cast is a little a little bit better and deeper than the supporting cast that Joel Embiid is used to against the Toronto Raptors or then the supporting cast that Toronto Raptors are used to Joel Embiid having, which well, the reason I'm saying this is because Nick Nurse's game plan was the same as it always seems to be against the Sixers, which is throw the kitchen sink at Joel Embiid. Make the Sixers shoot threes, right? Uh, run zone, double and triple, quick doubles and triples to Joel every time he touches the ball. The difference is the Sixers now have a roster that can make you pay for playing that kind of defense on Joel Embiid. They got guys that can make shots. De'Anthony Melton was 0 for 8 before he made a couple of big ones late in the game. Uh, But they have guys that can make big shots. Tobias Harris, huge, huge at the end of the game. Um, So guys made them pay for bringing all that pressure to Joel Embiid. And Joel... Of course, I talk about it all the time, but Joel has improved and evolved as a facilitator. So when those doubles and triples come quickly, Joel now this season, I think, is is he's averaging the most assists he's ever averaged in his career. Joel is getting a lot better at, you know, kicking uh kicking the ball out of those double teams and getting the swing and and eventually finding the open man. So I don't think the Toronto Raptors defense worked against Joel Embiid as well as it normally does or as well as it used to in recent memory. Joel against the Toronto Raptors drops 28, 11, 4, and 2. 28 points, 11 rebounds, 4 assists, 2 steals. Two blocks, by the way. Two blocks that were both called goaltends. Two blocks on Siakam that were both called goaltends. And 
I don't know what it is with the officials and Pascal Siakam, Pascal Bo Siakam, as DJ Eastwood coined him last season when he broke Joel Embiid's face in the playoffs with his elbow. I don't know where or when Pascal Siakam started getting superstar treatment, but he gets it. He absolutely gets it. But anyway, I think my main takeaway from this game is that the Toronto Raptors did defensively what we're used to them doing, but we handled it. Joel handled it, and the team and the supporting cast and everybody else handled it a lot better than I'm necessarily used to them handling it. I I used to say the Boston Celtics and the Toronto Raptors, two teams that can strategically slow down Joel Embiid by throwing the kitchen sink at him. 28 points, 11 rebounds, four assists, two steals, two blocks that were called goaltends. So I really think Joel Embiid is getting to the point where, and I said this last video, and I'll say this every single podcast episode, I'll say it every single post-game episode, Joel's at the peak, he might be at his peak right now. He keeps getting better. Every season he gets better, but he's 100% healthy, and now he's evolved as a passer and a ball mover. It's looking to me like the players and the teams that used to slow down Joel Embiid aren't having as much success doing so this season. A slow game for Joel Embiid right now. A slow game for Joel Embiid is 28 points, 11 rebounds, 4 assists, 2 steals, and 2 blocks that were called goaltends. It's the MVP. He's the MVP of the league. There's no denying it. He's the best damn player on the planet right now. And if you don't think that, you're a fraud. Tobias Harris came up huge. Huge, 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 huge. Back-to-back threes in overtime to basically put this game away. Now, one of them was taken away, uh, which I thought was fucking insane um but back to back threes to to put this game away and uh the last one put us up it, it was taken away but uh we, we're up three toronto has to try to draw up a play and their their plan is for pascal to iso and, and shoot a three which you know if pascal siakam is shooting a three to try to tie a game you know, what real plan do you actually have or what real roster do you actually have? I, I understand Pascal is their go-to guy, but when you're down three, I'm probably not going Pascal Siakam to tie the game. That's what they did, and he missed it, and we win the game. It was crazy. It wasn't perfect. It was ugly. There was a lot of things we did wrong, uh, but we, uh, again, the Sixers why is everyone making so much fucking noise? Where where are you? Hold on, I gotta find my cat. I have a cat who every time I start a live show wants to be part of the action. 
And he just starts doing all kinds of shit, scratching at doors, clawing the carpet. Like, what are you doing, bro? Go away. Anyway. <laughs> so James Harden, uh, you know, 14 points, uh, eight assists. Of course, it's James Harden. Eight assists is light work for James Harden. He's the best passer in the game. I don't care what anybody says. Uh, a steal, seven rebounds. Um, James, you know, he struggles against the Toronto Raptors. Long, athletic players. A lot of times, Scotty Barnes on him. Scotty Barnes is a big, athletic dude. I'm not real. I'm not real uh, keen on, on on running James Harden isos uh, against the Toronto Raptors in crunch time. He's not. He's he's just probably not gonna school Scotty Barnes one on one. That's a, a a tall, long. Athletic defender who's pretty much going to stick with him. And, uh, you know, a couple of times late in the game, I'm like, what are we doing here? Iso, iso, stand around, stagnant. Um, even the even the broadcast is calling it out now. You know, even Kate Scott and Ala Abdenabi are, are, are calling it out. Oh, the Sixers are really, really standing around, you know, really uh, not much movement going on here. So, you know, the end of the third quarter, into the fourth, we get stuck in this slump, right? Let me let me look at my notes here because the end of the third quarter is where it really went wrong for us. We were controlling most of the game. Um, the second quarter, uh, the bench went on that run to start the second quarter, okay? And, and I immediately thought, and I think I said out loud, uh... I'm seeing things working right now that I don't think are going to continue to work. You know, when when the Sixers go all bench lineup in the second quarter, Matisse Thibel hits a three from the top of the key. Daniel House goes on a personal 5-0 run uh, with a with a step or seven. I think he had seven in the second. A, a step back three, uh, a drive and a finish and an and one. Um, Shake Milton getting buckets, reverse layups, all these things happening. Uh, you had a little scuffle in the second quarter. You know, you got you got uh, Siakam talking to Embiid uh, because Siakam's been throwing elbows the whole game. PJ Tucker steps up and yells, "You ain't tough," and you can hear him yell it on the TV screen. So I love that. You know, I love me some sports fights, uh, and I love the fact that PJ Tucker likes to be in it. Um, but but I think uh. You know, we went on a run with with the bench in that second quarter, and then Toronto went on a little bit of a run towards the end of the second quarter, and then Harden, James Harden, goes on a personal five-point swing at the end of the second quarter. Um, a step-back three, I believe, and then, a, and then a strong drive and finish at the rim, but uh, I saw success with the bench lineup in the second quarter that I kind of knew. Like, listen, if, if, if you're up in a game and you kind of feel like it's because Daniel House Jr. went on a five- seven point run or 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 George Niang had a big three or Shake Milton but like I just didn't feel incredibly safe with it you know and that same bench lineup the same bench lineup Montrez Harrell was part of it too in that second quarter run he had a couple of tough buckets under the rim catching the ball deep getting the hook shot offensive rebound catches the uh the old the, the pick and roll uh where James Harden passes it through the defender's legs nutmegged him you know Sixer sideline reporter wouldn't say nutmeg. She just said James Harden megged the defender. And I'm like, come on, bro. If you're going to use the terminology, use it correctly. It's called a nutmeg. 
But that same lineup, Glenn Rivers felt very confident with. And at the end of the third quarter, he did the same thing. And here's what happened. All right. Five straight from Embiid in the first, five straight from Embiid to start the third quarter. Uh, a three from the top of the key and then a driving dunk where everybody got out of the way. Business decision on everybody. I liked it. Uh, then Toronto goes on a 10 to 2 run. James Harden takes Siakam to the rim in the third quarter. Uh, I thought James was strong. You know, he's, of course, he struggles against these, these, these big athletic defenders, but I thought he was strong. He looks a lot better than he did last season. I, I don't think anybody can argue that. And there was a couple of plays in this game that I, that I didn't see from James last season against big defenders. And so I was happy about that. Uh, the Raptors go on a run to end the third quarter. And this is where the game got dicey. All right. The Sixers start to turn the ball over. You get James, who gets hacked across the arm and is busy yelling at the officials instead of getting back on defense. I think you got a Anthony Melton turnover in there somewhere. Uh, they were giving up. They they gave up a couple easy transition buckets on the other end during that run. Pascal Siakam decides that he's a jump shooter now and starts making middies and fadeaway threes. Um, you get a couple of bad calls at the same time. The officials in this game were absolutely horrendous. Uh, George Niang gets a technical foul for doing absolutely nothing. You could even see him on the TV screen walking toward the officials saying, what did I say? I don't know what was up with these officials in this game. They were very, very, very bad. Like I said, there was two blocks that Embiid had on Siakam that were both called goaltends. Uh, the, the technical on Niang. What happened in the fourth? I had I took all the notes. I'll tell you what happened in the fourth with the officials too and in overtime. It was crazy. All right. But the Raptors went on an 11-0 run to end the third quarter. And that continued into the fourth. It actually ended up being a 19-1 run by the Toronto Raptors. And that lineup that Doc had success, success with in the second quarter, he tried again in the third, and it didn't work so well. And, and I always say that, bro. Truth always comes to light. Whatever other metaphor you want to use. Ball don't lie. I really like the term ball don't lie because it, it to me that means the truth comes to light in basketball terminology. If something's happening on the court and you kind of know it looks like bullshit, ball don't lie, bro. Like the basketball gods are going to make it make sense. So you run that same lineup in the third and you get smoked. 19 to 1 run by the Toronto Raptors in the third quarter. At the end in, at the end of the third into the fourth. And the lineup was this, Shake Milton Matisse Thibel, Daniel House Jr., George Niang, and Montrez Harrell. Now, I know we're without Tyrese Maxey, but you got to be able to stagger your lineup better than that, Glenn. Glenn! Glenn! Glenn. Glenn. Shake Milton, Matisse Thibel, Daniel House Jr., George Niang, and Montrez Harrell. Glenn! That's an awful lineup, bro. I guess you got a catch-and-shoot guy in Niang in that lineup. I guess Shake is the creator in that lineup. But Matisse Thibel, Daniel House Jr., and Montrez Harrell all on the floor together? I don't know. I know it's like, you know, the roster is what it is. What's Who's he really supposed to play when Joel and Harden go to the bench? But I need, I need with, with Maxie out, I need the Anthony Melton to be a part of that lineup. I need D'Anthony Melton to be a part of that that third end of the third quarter bench lineup. Like I don't know, dude. I'm just saying, 
That lineup got smoked at the end of the third into the fourth quarter, a 19-1 to run. The fourth quarter started. The Raptors start turning up the defense. The Raptors go zone, and, you know, I tweeted, death, taxes, Sixers not having an answer for the Toronto Raptors zone defense. Uh, and it just gets very, it, it always looks like, and it has for a couple years now, it looks like when teams go zone against the Sixers, they don't have a plan. And this is a team that we kind of know now doesn't practice. Again, players have joked about the fact that Doc Rivers' practice schedule is nice and easy. When a team goes zone and the and the offensive side of the ball looks like they don't know what to do when a team goes zone, and this has now looked like this for a couple of years, uh, do you guys practice what to do if a team goes zone? I don't think they do. I really don't. It just looks like everything goes out the window and we just got a bunch of, you know, pick up ball at the YMCA, a bunch of dudes just trying to create something out of nothing. Now you have James Harden, an elite creator. You have Joel Embiid. So again, with Glenn Rivers teams, you know, if the players are good enough to just be better than the other team and score, yeah, you get away with it. But it just does not look to me like they've ever practiced what to do if a team runs a zone defense. And it gets very just stagnant. You know, you get you get to the point where it looks like uh we're trying to be we're trying to be the Houston Rockets in 2016. Everybody's standing around watching James Harden. They got to do something about that. I I feel like, you know, and and they beat the Raptors in the playoffs last year because the players were good enough and they can beat them again. But the teams are going to run zone against you. Again, I don't think it worked as well as it used to because we made shots. Tobias made shots. DeAnthony Melton was struggled the whole night, but he made shots in the fourth quarter. I guess I just don't really like what the Sixers look like against his own defense, like in the past freaking five years. You know, it started with Ben Simmons being the point guard. They were like, well, let's just go zone. This guy can't shoot, and nobody can shoot. Now, you know, Players are making shots to make a team pay for running a zone, but you know, Toronto Raptors, zone defense, we struggled. 19 to 1 run by the Toronto Raptors. Now, after the 19 to 1 run, my favorite, 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 my favorite two plays of the game. Here's my favorite two plays of the game. Are you ready? Are you ready? James Harden's at the top of the key. Joel gets great position underneath, but he's double teamed. The Raptors leave DeAnthony Melton wide open in the corner. They say, this guy's 0 for 8. We're leaving him open. Here's Joel Embiid's facilitating prowess on display once again. James drops it underneath to Joel. Joel doesn't even catch the ball, bro. He volleyball tap passes it out to DeAnthony Melton at the three-point line. And DeAnthony Melton, 0 for 8. It doesn't matter. Because why? Because shooters shoot. I don't care if you're 0 for 8. I don't care if you're 1 for 10. I don't care if you're 2 for your last 27. If you know you can shoot, you are shooting the ball when you get an open shot. DeAnthony Melton, Mr. Do Everything, the most underappreciated player in the NBA, is 0 for 8 at this point. Joel still has the confidence in Mr. Do Everything. 
to tap pass out to him at the three-point line in the corner. And without hesitation, he lets it fly and hits it. My second favorite play of the game was in overtime, which I think this is the play that got called back, but it was my favorite play. I think it was a play that got called back. Yeah, it was a play that got called back. But anyway, James Harden drives, loses the ball. DeAnthony Melton, Mr. Do-Everything, picks up a loose ball, takes a dribble, drives, hits a skip pass to Tobias deep in the corner who hits a three. I don't remember if that was the overtime play that got called back or not. I'll have to look at this. I'll have to look at all the plays. Um, I'm going to have a play breakdown on YouTube tomorrow of just the craziness of the fourth quarter in overtime. So be on the lookout for that. But Mr. Do Everything, I love that guy. 0 for 8, kept shooting the ball, kept hustling, kept rebounding. Uh, Anthony Melton, uh, you know, gives you, where are my stats? Anthony Melton gives you eight points, but more importantly, seven rebounds, uh, a steal, and just straight hustle and effort. And he was three for 14 from the floor. Let's talk, let, let's continue, you know, getting, getting to the end of the fourth quarter and into overtime because there's so much things that happened that I have opinions on. Okay. After Joel makes that amazing skip pass to PJ or, or to uh, uh, DeAnthony Melton, I'm sorry, Pascal Bosiakam. Comes down the other end, and and P.J. Tucker's guarding Pascal one-on-one. And look, I say what I say about P.J. Tucker getting $30 million to get cardio. Um, I, I don't like when he passes up wide-open threes. I'm tired of him catching the ball in the corner, pump fake dribble, pump fake pass. He hit a, he hit a one-three in this game. He was one for six, one for five from three. Uh, he had a baseline floater that was horrendous. I, as soon as he put a Sixers jersey on, he just completely forgot how to score in the NBA. Um, but I love this defense against Pascal Siakam. And Pascal dropped 38 in the game. It's Pascal. Uh, I don't know what we're doing with the roster, actually, when your only defender that you think can handle Pascal Siakam is six foot five, thirty 38-year-old P.J. Tucker. But I think... He did a great job in certain situations of fighting. He got a lot of bad calls from these weird referees. I don't know what they were doing in this damn game. Uh, I think Nick Nurse influences the officials more than any coach in the NBA. I seriously think that. He's on the sideline the whole game in, in the in the boom, Mr. Rudy. On the money. Thanks for the super chat. Mr. Rudy says Nick Nurse is the biggest crybaby. Really enjoyed sending him home with his sixth straight L. Yeah, he just, bro, I, and I get it. I get it. You're trying to give your team an advantage. But this guy, more than any coach in the NBA, is constantly in the officials' ear. He He's focused on officials more than he's focused on his team, on the court, on, on the game. It's really, really annoying. And I really think he influences the officials more than any coach in the NBA. And you saw it towards the end of this game. But I thought P.J. Tucker's effort on Pascal Siakam was great. And the, the, the late in the fourth quarter, Pascal get, has P.J. one-on-one at the free throw line. P.J. plays perfect defense. Pascal throws the biggest elbow that you could possibly throw. Extends it. 
The whole nine. PJ didn't sell it enough, but come the hell on. The whole arena. You could have seen, you could see this offensive foul from space. Then they don't call it. And he hits the shot. The crowd's going crazy. Boo and refs, you suck the whole nine. So Pascal says, well, if I'm getting away with it, then I'm going to come down and do it again. He comes down, does it again. And the officials call an offensive foul. I <laughs> Pascal Siakam, let me get back to this point. Pascal Siakam gets a Giannis Antetokounmpo whistle. And I don't even like the fact that Giannis Antetokounmpo gets that whistle. But Giannis Antetokounmpo is a superstar. So to me, as like from a business standpoint, I guess I'm, I'm like, okay, well, it's Giannis. He's an NBA superstar. He's one of the faces of the league. Whatever, it's entertainment. They're gonna, they're gonna, they're gonna help him out a little bit, even though he basically plays football. He dribbles, carries, shoulders the hell out of people. Never gets called for an offensive foul. Gets touch fouls left and right, on and on and on. But Pascal Siakam. Gets 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 a, a Giannis Antetokounmpo whistle, and I can't stand it because he's a he's a he's a Dollar General Giannis Antetokounmpo. He's a he's a five below Giannis Antetokounmpo. You understand what I'm saying? He's a knockoff Amazon brand, Amazon Originals. You know, if you buy a if you need an adapter for like your laptop or whatever, you don't want to pay the price for the Apple John and you just buy the Amazon original, you know that shit's going to break in about two weeks. Pascal's the Amazon original version of Giannis Antetokounmpo. But the whistle that he gets is annoying. It's ridiculous. He's allowed to push off. He's allowed to lower his shoulder. He's allowed to do all kinds of things like this. He gets, he gets touch fouls left and right. I can't stand it. He broke Joel's face last year. And even on the game-tying shot in the four, at the end of the fourth quarter, he hooked P.J. Tucker. And I know they're not going to call that right there, but I'm just, I'm just saying it just to say it. If you watch that play in, in slow motion, he drives and he gets the elbow right in P.J.'s gut and just gives him a little... Uh, uh. Pascal Bosiakam, boy. I don't have any skill. I don't have to make moves and use skillful basketball fundamentals to get to the rim when I can just fucking elbow you the hell out of my way. <laughs> I can't stand it. I can't stand it. I can't stand it. I can't stand it. And that's why they were chirping in the second quarter. And Pascal's doing this, you know, you, you guys talk and talk and talk, bro. All you're doing is throwing elbows, man. Learn how to play the game. All right. What else? What else, man? Uh, Anthony Melton hits another huge three in the fourth. Um, the refs call another goaltend on the Joel Embiid, uh, Pascal block, uh, ends up, ends up, they end up reviewing it. The ball hit the side of the rim, so technically it's a live ball rebound, so it wasn't a goaltend. Another bad call by the officials, and they had to admit it on the on the replay. Um, so it goes to overtime, right? I didn't like what we did at the end of the fourth quarter. I don't like Joel catching the ball 40 feet from the rim, trying to create something out of nothing. Uh, 
and Pascal comes down and hits that floater, and it was a great shot. I didn't actually hate it that much. I was just saying, if you look at it in slow motion, he does elbow P.J. Tucker in the chest, but it is what it is. They're not going to call that. It was a good shot uh, to tie the game, send it to overtime. Okay. Overtime, Joel gets the free throw line right away because I don't know what the hell, uh, uh, I don't know what the hell, uh, what the fuck's his name, man? Big lefty. Big lefty. Uh, Thaddeus Young. First of all, I didn't know Thaddeus Young was still in the NBA. That guy's got to be 46. He played for the 76ers before, before the process, before the tanking years. Like, I swear to God, Thaddeus Young was part of, like, the the Allen Iverson, Andre Iguodala, Kyle Korver team in, like, 2007. Bro, how long has this dude been playing in the NBA? He's got to be going on 20 years. Anyway, Thaddeus Young is out there. I swear I thought that dude was retired a long time ago. Uh, and he reaches in on Joel and, and sends her to the foul line right when overtime starts. So, so we're up two. Um, Tobias Harris again hits the back-to-back threes. The one on the four-point play, that was the one where, where uh, uh, Mr. Do-Everything made a nice pass. Um, James Harden turns it over. Didn't turn it over. Lost the ball. The uh, Anthony Melton, Mister Do Everything, picks it up, uses his head on the fly, dribbles down the lane, hits a crazy skip pass into the corner to Tobias Harris for a three, and he gets fouled. They review it, and they call it an offensive foul on PJ Tucker, and which, like, I guess technically they called it a moving screen. But when you watch the replay. PJ's in 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 position. His leg is kind of out. Scotty Barnes runs into his leg and dives into into Tobias. So they call it a trip, kind of like an illegal screen. The official comes up to the to the to the thing to announce to everyone what the hell's going on. But it's it, it doesn't work out because he doesn't know what the hell's going on. He says a whole bunch of mumbo jumbo that doesn't even make sense. And he's like, and uh, then, then this happened, and uh, so we called this, and uh, there was uh, uh, the call is now an offensive foul on PJ Tucker. Uh, the three point shot uh, counts uh, because it went in before the foul, but the foul. And we're like, what the fuck is this guy saying? And then the officials get together again after the official review and say, wait a minute, it was an offensive foul before the shot, so the shot doesn't count. So they wipe away a four point play in overtime. That was insane. That was some insane blunders by an officiating crew. Um, And then we get the ball. I'm not sure what the score was at the time, but the Anthony Melton comes up to set a screen, almost a half court for James Harden. Scotty Barnes or OG Ananobi, whoever it was, wraps his arm around him and kind of pulls him, and they call a moving screen on on the Anthony Melton. And even Allah, even Allah the Nabi's like, we didn't come here to see this. What were these officials doing, bro? Like, dude, this is a close game in the NBA. This is entertainment. People are watching it, and you're calling ticky tack moving screens left and right. Who calls a moving screen almost at half court in overtime of an NBA game? Unless it's egregious, you can't call that. I don't know what these officials were doing. Anyway, that was a really bad call, too. Um, And then PJ uh, is on Siakam again in overtime with the game on the line. Plays good defense on him again. 
And uh, Siakam has to force up a bad shot, and he misses it, and the Sixers win by three. Just insane. Just, 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 just crazy. Crazy game. Crazy game. Uh, the the referees were out of control. I, I just have never... I've seen bad referees before. That was some of the worst that I've seen in a long time. Um, yeah. So the Sixers get the win in overtime. 104 to 101 to win their fifth straight game. Five dubs. The Raptors aren't very good. Let's call it what it is. They're what 13 and 17. Um, you know, like I like I've been saying for a couple of years, and Raptors fans never wanted to hear this. Raptors fans don't want to hear this. They hate to hear this, but uh the Toronto Raptors are 13 and 18 now. They were 13 and 17 coming into this game. They're not very good. They, they they haven't been very good since Kawhi Leonard left, and you know um, Kyle Lowry goes to Miami, and Van Vliet, who was a career backup and was a very good backup point guard, but they you know they overrated him the same way we would probably overrate some of our homegrown uh, talent. But they thought, oh, you, you know, get Lowry out of here, and, and Van Vliet's going to be the the future of this franchise, and on and on and on. And I think last year they started the season like three and zero, and Raptors fans were talking about the, the Toronto Raptors being in the NBA Finals. Bro, they're not that good. They have a lot of great athletes. They don't have a lot of great scorers. They have Pascal Siakam, who I don't think is a superstar. I think he forces up a lot of shots throughout the course of a game. I think he's a very good player. I just don't think they're that good. Uh, and, and ball don't lie. They are realizing now this season that they're not that good. Okay, they didn't have Gary Trent Jr. on the floor. whoop de doo What's he going to do? Drop 25 or drop 9. You never know what you're getting. Uh, but I just don't think they're very good. They play tough defense. They always play tough defense. Uh, Nick Nurse is on the sideline bitching the whole time trying to control the officials. It is what it is. But I'm happy with the way that the Sixers fought through adversity yet again. I think that's the that's what I'm taking away from these five wins. You know, it's not gonna always gonna be pretty. It's not always gonna be an easy win or a blowout. Um, but when you clearly have the more talented team, how do you handle the adversity? And the Toronto Raptors went on a 19 to 1 run, uh 11 0 run to end the third quarter, 8 0 run to start the fourth. They went on a 19 to 1 run. And the Sixers were down by seven with just a couple minutes left in the game. And they fought and they clawed and they and they got it together. And uh, they pulled out the W. So I got to give them credit. Um, Doc has been coaching good. Mere Stream says, I, I, yeah, I think so. I think Doc has been coaching good. I think even I am going to say that right now. Even I'm going to say that right now. Glenn has been coaching good. The team looks in shape. The team looks like they're giving more effort in these past five games. Uh, and they look like when shit hits the fan, um, they don't lay over and die. You know, they, they, they fight. And they believe that they are the better team. And they pull out the W. So I got to give Doc credit. I hated the third quarter lineup that got murdered, 19 to one run. Uh, 
But this team is still missing Tyrese Maxey. And I just think, you know, James Harden's always going to struggle against these big perimeter defenders. But uh, 16 and 8 from Harden, 28, 11 and 4 from Joel. Tobias Harris was big time. Um, you know, tell somebody to tell somebody that I'm a sharpshooter. <laughs> Tobias Harris gets interviewed at the end of the game and he says, that game was crazy, but tell somebody to tell somebody that I'm a sharpshooter. Hey, listen. Trade value, Toby. I'm here for it, man. I'm here for it. You keep playing like this and you keep showing one of these teams that you deserve to be the focal point of an NBA team. Trade value, Toby, in the building. Well, yeah, I can't, you know, like I said, you're missing Tyrese Maxey. I didn't like the lineup. Doc Rivers found a way to uh, bench Paul Reed for the rest of his career. Isaiah Joe had 23 the other night in start for the Oklahoma City Thunder. It is what it is. I'm not going to spend the whole season saying fire Glenn. We know he's not getting fired. We have to live with it. But the last five games, I have seen more effort, fight, communication, everything from this team. So I guess I got to give Glenn credit and we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. You'll be a superstar in Toronto, Toby. Let's go. Let's go, Toby. Ratchy boy, you think he was taking a you think he was taking a shot at Jimmy Buckets by saying that? Tell somebody to tell somebody that I'm a sharpshooter. You know what? I guess we never really got to talk about what Tobias Harris thought of those comments from Jimmy Butler. You know what I mean? Like that 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 clip comes out of Jimmy putting us away in the playoffs and uh which is annoying anyway because Joel Embiid had a broken face thanks to Pascal Bosiakam. Um, but yeah, I guess I never really thought about what does Tobias Harris think about that? You know, you hear, you see a player on TV saying Tobias Harris over me, Tobias Harris over me. That's kind of grimy, bro. I might've hit Jimmy Butler up on the low on a text message or an Instagram DM and be like, bro, on the real, keep my name out of your mouth. You know what I mean? That does something to a grown man. When you see another grown ass man saying your name like that. So maybe Tobias Harris was taking a shot at that. Tell somebody to tell somebody that I'm a sharpshooter. And Jimmy Butler, I loved him. I loved him when he was here. I loved his grit. I loved his fight. I loved his what he did in crunch time a lot of times for this team. But at the end of the day, I don't think Jimmy Butler is a superstar. I don't think Jimmy Butler has what it takes to lead a team to an NBA championship. And he hasn't won one. So as far as I'm concerned, Jimmy Butler and Tobias Harris are both on the same level. Nobody has a ring. Nobody has one. Uh, yeah, uh, uh, you know, I like what I'm seeing from this team. And, uh, you know, hopefully we we get some updates on uh, Tyrese Maxey coming up soon. Um, you know, there was a video that came out today of him practicing with James Harden. Uh, it was a little clickbaity though because Tyrese wasn't really doing anything. He was passing James the ball. Uh, you know, Glenn came out and said, uh, we're nowhere near where we want to be, or, or or Tyrese is nowhere near where we thought he was. So it's tough. You know, we hope that 
There's an update on Tyrese soon. Uh, but the way this team is playing, the chemistry, I just think the effort is is at a, a season high right now. The 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 resiliency, the camaraderie, the way they come together, uh, the way they're gelling together, and the way they're fighting through some of these tough games and and pulling out wins, uh, where you know a game like this could have easily been a loss. So. I think they're showing fight and they're showing a lot of camaraderie and a lot of resiliency and a lot of chemistry as this season goes on. So uh, hopefully adding Tyrese Maxey to this mix just takes us up another notch. You know what I'm saying? Where's your takes in the chat? Below 95, what's going on? Uh, Tobias is very unselfish. I think taking a shot at one of the nicest players in the NBA is a weak move. I agree. I agree. Like, like on a personal level, you know what I mean. I say, I say what I think. I've said what I thought, you know, about Tobias Harris's game uh, in the NBA, and and uh, but I would never say anything about him personally. Like, he seems like a nice guy. He seems, he seems like a. I mean, he's a he's a nice, well spoken, respectful guy. He does a lot for for communities and and charities, and he's a nice dude. So yeah, I, I feel you, especially as another NBA player. Like you guys are supposed to be in, in, in kind of a brotherhood, right? Like, you're all supposed to kind of have each other's backs as NBA players. So, yeah, don't say my name like that. You know what I mean? Why are you taking shots at me, bro? Because I got paid and you left? Yeah. I feel like, I feel that. I feel that. Uh, Ernest Agwu, you're naturally hilarious. <laughs> hey, thank you, man. Thank you. Um, if that's the only thing I have going for me in life, hopefully it pays off. <laughs> I appreciate it. Uh, Maxi was needed for this type of speed demon. What's up, bro? Thanks for being here. Maxi was needed for this type of game. If he was playing, he would have cooked the Craptors like he did last time he played against him. Yeah. Uh, I just I hope we hear something soon, man. I want I want Tyrese Maxi back. Like to have him back before Christmas time. Maybe a Christmas present for us Sixers fans as we get Tyrese Maxey back. Um, you you, you want to get him back with enough time. Again, I don't think it's going to take Tyrese a lot of time to get back into the groove of of playing basketball. He's he's a young dude and he's in very good shape. Um, but yeah, you want to have him back with enough time to you know get back into the groove and, and get the chemistry going with the rest of the team and things as you move towards you know. January, February, and then you really get into the nitty-gritty of the later NBA season uh, where things get real. Um, yeah, hopefully we hear something about Tyrese, man. Let me get some takes in the chat, man. You guys got takes on the game, what you think about the game tonight, what you think about the team in general, uh, thoughts, comments, concerns, hot takes, Whatever it is, man, or questions, if you got questions. I don't know. I'm not a basketball expert, but if you want to ask me some questions, go ahead also. I want to see Toby guard Jimmy next matchup. I would like that too. Jay Vicious, I would like that too. Nick21, what's up? Glenn is too busy liking inappropriate pictures on Twitter than coaching the team properly. <laughs> hey, he said he got hacked. All right? He said he got hacked. I just, that's actually funny though, because old people getting caught on on the internet is funny to me because technology uh to them is is new and so they don't know all the ins and outs and how to use it. <laughs> Doc, 
If you want to look at weird things on Twitter, just look at it. Why would you hit the like button, bro? <laughs> Big Mike, I listen to no other sports talk people than you. Hey, man, I appreciate that, bro. I appreciate that. I um, I try to listen to as, as many others as I can. You know, I have my favorites, my the people that I work with also, you know, RB and Philly Mike and uh I'm a big fan of Lord Brunson on YouTube when it comes to the Eagles content and uh of course Romp and Greg when we can get Greg on board. Uh but I, I you know, I listen to I try to listen to a lot of podcasts and a lot of sports podcasts, a lot of Sixers podcasts, man, and they're just so boring, bro. They're so boring. Bro, look, let me show you guys something, man. We are right here. When you go to Apple Podcasts and you type in 76ers, we are we on the first page. Oh, we're just on the second page right there. Run it back. Philly right next to the rights to Ricky Sanchez. I've been listening to the rights to Ricky Sanchez for a long time, a couple of years. You know, shout out to Spike Eskin and Mike Levin. Um, but the rest of these, man, NBA writers doing podcasts, bro. They're so boring. They're so boring, dude. So, like, podcasting is the new wave, right? It's the new craze. It's the new popular thing to do. It's the it's the media of the future. Everybody knows that. But still, like, podcasting is something that everybody maybe shouldn't do. Um, I just think you have to be really, like, projected and animated with you know with your voice and, and and the way you say I don't know man like there's so many guys that are that have written for the NBA for so long right they're just writers they're dudes behind a desk that write they're great writers and now these these the owners of the companies are like oh we got to get you on a pot we we, we got to do podcasts now and then you get these dudes that never talked on a microphone that do that's make a podcast because the company said hey we got to jump into podcasting and you listen to it, and they're just so fucking boring, dude. They're like, well, we're going to talk about the Sixers and their recent five-game road trip uh, and their winning streak here, and uh, Joel Embiid's looked great for the past couple of games. Uh, John, what do you think about the Philadelphia 76ers basketball team? Eh, turn it off! I can't. I don't know, man. I'm not trying to be cocky, but I don't listen to a lot of podcasts, bro. They suck. Anyway, the Sixers take the Toronto Raptors out in overtime. Uh, <laughs> no, I like Devon Givens. You know who I can't listen to is Keith Pompey, bro. Keith is brutal on the podcast, though. Keith sounds half asleep when he records the podcast. He sounds like he's drooling and like eating something like, bro. I anyway, uh, Sixers take out the Toronto Raptors in overtime, 104 to 101. It was a crazy game. Thank At least it was entertaining. You know, I, I uh, you really should do. St <laughs> um, yeah, it was a crazy game. It was entertaining. At least it was entertaining. I like a good entertaining regular season game. So here we are, man. Thank you guys for tuning in. Uh, 285 people in here. Everybody hit the like button, man. Let me get 285 likes.
before we go out. Uh, you know what, man? Prince said, I wish I, I, I got to rewind that. Hey, you know what? I'm just going to clip that out and I'm going to post it on YouTube that says podcasts are boring because I don't care anymore. And I'm going to be honest with you guys right now. When I first started YouTube or when my YouTube started getting a, a decent following and I started getting contacted by businesses to sponsor the show and whatever else. And I always kind of knew I did this to say what I really want to say. Uh, and I always knew that I wasn't going to change anything about the way that I do things for a business. I know the right business opportunities will come along. Um, there's a lot of companies that that contact me and you know want to sponsor the show, but they want me to you know tone it down or like we got to be clean. You know what I mean? Don't even hit my email with that soft shit. <laughs> but I've realized now. And I used to I used to also kind of censor myself a little bit and keep it toned down because of the YouTube bots and trying not to get canceled on YouTube or whatever. But the more it grows on the podcast side of things, I've realized that I am a brand and what I say is the brand. And the more I the more and more I don't give a shit what anybody thinks about it, the more it's gonna be respected. So I'm just going to continue to stay true to myself, say whatever the hell I want. And if people don't like it, they cannot like it. But, uh, you know, in the beginning, I kind of was was maybe teetering on like, should I say this? Should I say that? Our business is going to want to sponsor the show if I say this, this or this. But I've learned that keeping it 100 is going to get me uh, where I want to be. So, yeah, thanks for tuning in. Love you guys. We'll see you on the next one, man. Follow me on Twitter. Follow me on Instagram. Listen to the podcast. Quit testing me. Don't make me lose my mind. Don't make me lose my mind. Don't make me lose my mind because I'm looking like Wesley. Test me. Don't make me lose my mind. Don't make me lose my mind. Don't make me lose my mind because I'm looking like Wesley. Test me. Because I'm looking like Wesley. Test me. Test me, test me, test me.